What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Wise Guys Podcast. This is your host, Carl Snell, alongside Austin McFarlane, where we'll talk about real estate, finance, and everything in between. And what's going on, Austin? How you been? Nothing much. How are you? Man, I'm doing good. Uh, you know, just still working, you know, while we're doing the, during the coronavirus. How about yourself? I'm doing the same, trying to stay positive mm. and, uh, you know, get through it. Cool, cool. Um, so what we'll do for this episode, ladies and gentlemen, we want to talk about the benefits of investing. Um, Carl and I are going to present a few ideas of um, bullet points of what we think is important about investing, and then then we'll cover, touch on some some type of investments that we each deal with with respect to our profession. So Carl, I'll start with you. Um, can you go ahead and list some, some of the ideas or reasons why you think best uh, investing is highly important? Right. Okay, so you know when we when we talk about investing, so I guess the first thing that I want to start off with is um, you know the types of properties that you can invest in. Now we know that you can invest in land, um, you can invest in townhomes, condos, multi-unit buildings, single-family homes. Um, so let, let's start off with you know townhomes and condos. So, you know, one of the reasons I feel I feel like townhomes and condos can be a, a good investment, for one, you usually can find a townhome or a condo uh, for relatively cheap. Um, there's a lot of, you know, properties that are on the market. You can find them for, for sometimes below market value. Maybe there's been someone that's been living in, living in it for a while um, and they really haven't taken a lot of care of it. It's not just run down, but they just hadn't kept it up to date. And you can probably get it for below market value. Um, you can buy it, put a few dollars into it, bring it up to standards, and then rent it out for re- relatively cheap, and you don't have a lot of money hung up into the property. Um, that's one good thing about townhomes and condos. Um, usually, they don't require a ton of maintenance because the association will take care of a lot of the maintenance. Usually, the owner is responsible for what goes on on the inside, and the uh, association will cover you know, like the exterior. But you do want to make sure you find um, or wherever you buy in, the association is strong. That's that's one good thing about, uh, well, one thing you need to be aware of with townhomes and condos. Uh, another downfall with renting townhomes and condos is that sometimes there is a waiting list that you need to be on before you're allowed to rent the units. Uh, allowed to rent the unit. Another thing is that you will have to follow rules that are associated, uh, I mean, are set by the association. Now, there's just one thing that comes with townhomes and, and condos. Another thing that a person should be aware of if you're looking to later sell those those units that usually townhomes, condo units, they don't appreciate as quickly as a single family or multi-unit building would do. So those are just some, a few things just to watch out for with uh, townhomes and condos. Now, let's flip. Let's go to uh, single family and multi-unit homes. So these usually are good investments if you want to use them as a rental or a flip opportunity, right? Uh, there is always some research that needs to be done before starting any, any investment. I think everyone knows that. One thing I do want to point out, which is, you know, I think it's pretty elementary, but you do want to make sure that rental prices in the area are what you are looking for before you start. You don't want to be the most expensive rental in the area because that does put you at risk of not receiving your payments. Remember, in Illinois, um, the law is always on the renter's side. 
So even just going back to it, say that in the area, the average rent price is just twelve to thirteen hundred dollars. So if you were to buy a place, fix it up, and then you try to put it out at at two thousand twenty two hundred dollars, of course we all know that a lot there you, it's going to be a tough rent because the market doesn't bear that. So I just want to point that out. I know it's pretty elementary, but it does need to be said. Let's go to tax benefits. So investing in real estate does come with tax advantages. One thing is, let's talk about depreciation. You can write depreciation off uh, to lower your taxable income of your units. So usually the useful life of real estate is about 27 and a half years, right? So let's say that you own a $200,000 building that usually has a tax shelter of about $7,272 a year. I'm going to give you an example of how um, depreciation expense works um, in real estate. So let's say that you have a building and it brings in about $5,000 of taxable rent rental income per year. Um, you tax that by the federal income tax rate. Let's say that's just 25%. So you're going to owe $1,250 at the end of the year just for that building. So now let's look at that same example, but now you have the depreciation expense that you can use um, per year. Same building, it brings in $5,000 of rental income, but your depreciation expense is about $3,000, right? So that lowers you down to $2,000 of taxable rental income. You times that by the federal income tax rate. Now you only owe about $500 um, on that building. It's $500 tax, tax owed. Another write-off that you can use, um, there are income and household size limits that have to be taken into consideration before using this kind of advantage is uh, passive, passive rental loss. And you can usually write off, uh, if a person can do it, they can write off up to $25,000 of passive rental income loss. So what is passive income rental income loss? It's usually when your expenses outweigh your income. So that means you're, you're basically not um, making money. Um, another thing I do want to point out of why real estate is a good investment um, is because when buildings appreciate, you are not taxed on how much the building is, has appreciated, right? So let's say that you you purchased the property about $100,000, right? Um, and it appreciates 5% per year for the next 10 years. Its value um, at year 10 is, let's say, $162,889. So your net worth has risen almost an extra $70,000 and you weren't taxed for it. Um, so just imagine that, that same scenario, that same building, and you've, you, have, you own five properties, and it, all of them have appreciated at the same rate. So now you, your net worth um, has risen you know, $350,000. That's $350,000 that you weren't taxed for, and you can also leverage that if you want to um, put it into different properties, right? Um. I guess another thing is, um, and a lot of investors will say it, is that real estate helps diversify your investment portfolio if you have different um, types of investments, if you do, do invest um, in stock, if you do invest in real estate. So real estate, you know, usually isn't as volatile uh, as investing in the stock market. 
Um, so when you purchase stock, you basically purchase a piece of that company and you depend on that company to perform uh, before it, it either pays you or pays you dividends or whatnot. Um, but with real estate, you purchase brick and mortar. So it's a tangible asset and you're not depending on the market per se, but you rather depend on a tenant or whatever that promise that they they sign in the contract that they're going to pay you each month. You depend on them to get up each day, um, go to work, <laughs> you know, essentially pay you. Um, so, you know, that's a another benefit of owning real estate investments. Um, and then last but not least, of course, we all know that real estate does create generational wealth. Wealth, if you're looking to hold on to your, your investments for quite a while. Um, real estate is an investment that can be passed down from generation to generation, right? It, it can also be used, uh, you know, by your kids and their kids uh, and enjoyed by them, right? Um, properties that are owned free and clear usually can be used as leverage for um, an upcoming uh, generation if, if need be or if it's, it's handed down to them. Uh, properties that cash flow can provide a head start um, for children and their children to come. Um, and then one thing, you know, real estate, you know, it, it will be here. Usually most of the buildings that you see were built before we were born um, and they'll probably still be here long after we're gone. Uh, so, you know, real estate is something that, that lasts for a long time. And even and let's just say even if something does happen to the building, let's say uh, a fire does start. Um, you have insurance for that. So even if, if, you know, just something were to happen for the building, you're already protected by the insurance on it, on the building. So uh, those are a few reasons why I believe that real estate is, a, is a, um, are good investments and it's, it's a good reason to start. Um, I'm sure there's a ton more reasons why, but I just want to name a few. And, you know, I think that's my take on it. Um, I know that you invest more in securities and stocks and bonds things of that nature so let us know you know how you feel and why do you feel investing is is something so super important yeah so what i have for my reasons for um uh why it's important to invest um so starting with security um i just think uh if a person especially with a family or whether you know whatever your situation is you need to have security um, and one silver lining about the climate that we're in with the virus and, you know, jobs closing and businesses closing and closing is that it shows you the, the importance of security on its head. Because if you're in a job where, you know, it's not or industry where it may not come back or survive this, mm -hmm. you know, what are you going to do? You know, right. and if you didn't have or 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 in the midst of doing anything to provide yourself with extra security um, and the security meaning financial security, like mm -hmm. jobs being lost. You have a little nest that, that can hold you through till you find another job. Exactly. You know, something happens to God forbid to your, your kid, they get sick or they break their arm or something. You want to be able to be in a position to where, you know, an unexpected charge doesn't break your right. family. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, you know, and, and anything can happen or even a mistake or you spent too much money here. Is there a fund somewhere else that can provide you with a safety net? Mm -hmm. You know, you can't necessarily go out and borrow money from people now. Or, I mean, I mean, granted, if you can, you can. But right. at overall, it, the sense of security 
meaning that you are investing in something in place that can help you help yourself out in the time of need ins- instead of going to a, an institution or a person. Um, and any person developing financially needs to create that for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, my second topic or for why it's important is it gives you a path to financial freedom. And that kind of ties in with security in the sense that once you have that security, then you can expound on it, right? So you have a baseline of security, and now you can get yourself to a place where maybe you don't need to work at your job anymore. You can have more time for yourself and your family. Maybe you want to travel. Um, So building this kind of investment does give you a path to financial freedom um, so you're not tied down to things you feel like you have to do. Right. Um, you, as Carl touched on, you can build your real estate portfolio as such that it may replace your income that you have now. Mm-hmm. So you can spend your days just managing your properties or you can put that money in some of the types of investments that I'll touch on shortly right. and have that grow. Mm-hmm. Um, so the only way you're going to get to financial freedom is you if you have investments of some sort. Um, yes, you can hit the lotto. Yes, you can have a business that sells, but any person who is preaching that's the way is false because yeah, you can make a lot of money selling or doing something, but then you have no structure behind it. There's you're, you're building the castle on sand, right? At some point, a big wave can come in, you're done. Right. So you having that, having that uh, security or, or, or investment in something anchors you down um, to really financial freedom because any unforeseen circumstances can happen to whatever you're selling or what have you. Um, right, right. Nobody expected that. So people who were prepared and have net, had nest eggs are surviving. And the people who are not building or didn't build or you know, kept selling and didn't investing anything, exactly. they're hurting, you know? Yeah. So um, definitely important or, or definitely a, a, a good um, reason to get started or continue doing it. Lastly, I would say it's a pathway to generational wealth. So not only can you build security and financial freedom for you and yourself, for you um, and your family, but then you can also have this passed down. You know, you can also have this be something of value long before or long after you're gone. You know, um, you know, we all don't want to have to have desire to be the richest person in the grave mm-hmm. graveyard. But we don't want to go through all this effort, go through all this time because these things do take time. They mm-hmm. do take diligence, patience, um, discipline. Mm-hmm. So. You need to be grooming, whether it be your children, your spouse, a friend, someone you entrust with your labor to mm-hmm. keep this going. Right. Um, even if you have, you know, maybe you don't have any kids or whatever and you, you're, you know, you've done well for yourself, you can set up an annuity and have it attached to a, a scholarship fund and people who qualify, they can, you know, you know, apply for this fund and receive funds to go to school. There's a bunch of stuff that exactly. you could do. So um, would it like, again, would it be for yourself, your family, or, you know, a friend or whatever, after you've gotten through those two steps, 
the last steps is to have this money go on as long as possible. Exactly. Um, if you don't, the state takes it, and then, right. and that's it. Yeah. So you did all that labor of love for mm-hmm. nothing, you know. So, right. um, if you don't want to see that happen, um, you know, having investments, having your money being put in the right place, and then definitely having a will to designate which investments or how you want to split that up goes where um there's living wills there's all types of wills we'll let you do your homework with that um and from what i believe some of them not that expensive so um either way you should have that set up too and we can touch Mm -hmm. on that in a later time um so the types of securities that i'll touch on briefly um is mainly securities um as carl mentioned um i do i work in finance so um stocks bonds 401ks trust funds and annuities um life insurance are the type of um a type of investments that i believe a person should have or be looking into do you need all of them no but there are some some important ones that I believe, as 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 we mentioned, investing in real estate is important. So are investing in securities. Right. Um, now, what the cool thing about securities are or is, is that you can you can tailor make this these kind of portfolios to your liking, um, and just. Uh, bridge the gap between real estate and, and and finance even if you're a person who says you know what guys um i like to idea of investing in real estate but i don't have the time i'm not going to manage these people i'm not going to manage the building mm-hmm. i i just rather just invest in my home and that's it there's no problem with that exactly. there's absolutely no problem with that if you're going to invest mm-hmm. and put your money anywhere do it with something that you feel safe about yeah. you're willing to do and you want to go that route. Right. Nothing is worse than you put your money somewhere. And you hate it. Not only you hate it, but then you freak out or you don't have a passion right. for it. And then you're just gonna you're just gonna take that right. money back out. The one the one thing about rental properties is managing people because you will be dealing with people. Right. Um, and they will call you at three o'clock in the morning because mm-hmm. the window won't close. So you do have to take that into account when you do, you know, buy rental properties or you want to you know now there is other. there is a a troubleshoot to that you could hire a uh management company to manage the building for you so i mean the it's question an is it's an extra expense but if you don't want the headache that is an option for you right. however nonetheless you, that's still an element of that however with securities uh, especially stocks there's a specific type of stock called an REIT, it's a real estate investment trust. And there's different kinds of them. They work like your regular companies. So like an Apple or a Google, there's different companies that buy buildings, manage them for profit. Um, and you can invest in those types of uh, stocks. Um, I do personally have a few of those and they have been forming really well. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of them are the ones that I usually go for paid dividend. And so you're basically owning property and you're getting a small percentage of the, the profit share 
every quarter or semi-quarter or annually, however the dividend is set up. So again, there's there's always an option for you to invest the way you want to invest, right? Right. Um, for people who are really savvy and want to day trade, um, that's their thing. If people want to sit and hold their stocks, that's their thing. So stocks are something that you definitely want to do a lot of your homework on before you put your money in. You definitely want to only put money in that you're not going to use or that you can actually turn a blind eye to and just let it sit. Or if you're going to manage it actively, don't, you know, don't throw all your money into it. You know, you can do it piece by piece, maybe put $5 in every week or month, mm -hmm. however you want to do it. Um, but it's a definitely a great way to appreciate your money. Um, I personally don't like a ton of my money sitting in banks. I like it to be working and moving. Right. Um, you're not going to get the type of return from your savings account or your checking account than you would in the stock market. Right. Um, to Carl's earlier point, the market is more volatile than, than uh, real estate, but you can invest in, again, doing your homework, invest in companies that have a good solid track record. I mean, look at all the companies that are doing well in this climate. Right. Mm -hmm. So you have a lot of tech companies. So and then we just had a stock split with Apple to, that made it cheaper for a, you and me to go invest. So I think the price last time I saw was like around 120 or something. If you got 120 Maybe bucks. Than play, than yeah. Was yeah, it was better than 1500. Right? <laughs> right. So if you have one hundred and twenty dollars or whatever, and I use a platform called Robinhood. And what's good about Robinhood right. is you can you, you can buy fractional shares. So. Stock price is 120. And you're Joe Schmo, you know, you're working minimum wage or you don't have, but you want to get started. You don't need to put the whole 120 in there. You can put 10 bucks in there every week mm -hmm. and accumulate that until you're able to get full the share. full share. Um, and then keep going even more. And then that money, as that grows, as the stock price of Apple goes up, which it will, mm -hmm. not by much, I would argue, but it will you will then reap those benefits of that that have an interest. Right. Um, just the other day, I had to sell some shares for personal reasons, and it was cool that I let it sit for maybe a few months and was able to make $30, $40 off each share that I bought. Right. You know, and, and that's free money. That's without doing anything. What's great about security investments is, unlike real estate, where you do have to put some manual work, a lot of securities, you don't put any labor into making free money. Right. Right? You buy a stock for $50, mm -hmm. a week later it's 100 What labor did you do? Zero. <laughs> you didn't do anything. Right. You And you made $50. And yeah, that, that is... does bring sweat equity. Yeah, you do. Uh, yeah, you do have to do... There's a ton more sweat equity. Yeah. With, <laughs> with real estate. <laughs> and that's, again, that's fine. And that's why it's important for the listeners to know, like, don't buy a house and then think you just, that's it. Please don't. Yeah. <laughs> that's the beginning of the sweat equity, right? right? That is that Please is the don't. beginning, right? Now, stocks, same thing. You can't let, there is more of a, you can buy it and let it sit. I mean, you should keep an eye on it. You should be managing. But for the more or less part, put your money in there and you kind of forget about it mm -hmm. a little bit. And, um, and it should grow depending on what, you know, you bought. Um, so I know I took up a lot of time on stocks, but there's also bonds. Bonds are basically a certificate that you can buy from the government. Um, 
that will promise a maturity rate when it's time to turn it in. Mm-hmm. So in layman's or real simple terms, Carl, you represent the U.S. government. Carl is issuing bonds, right? So right. Carl says, Austin, here's a $100 bond, and in 10 years, I'll give you 30% of this bond. So mm-hmm. in 10 years, so I say, okay, Carl, that's a good deal. I give Carl $100. He gives me a certificate that says, Carl, United States of America has guaranteed Austin a hundred or thirty percent of his principal in ten years mm-hmm. when it matures. So they call them a maturity date when you basically turn it in. Right. So after ten years, I realized I got this bond sitting in my drawer, and I'm like, oh, this man owes me some money. Right. I take that bond. I go to Carl and I say, hey, I'm back. It's been right. ten years. How you doing? So Carl is going to go ahead and say, you know what? You're right. Good doing business with you. And take that $130 because 30% of 100 is 30. Mm-hmm. He's going to slide me $130. So I've made $30 principal without doing anything. Granted, right. it's 10 years. It's been 10, yeah. But that's money I didn't have to work for. Right. Now, using this in layman terms, what a lot of bonds or what people do is buy multiple. So you know, just scale it up. If you want to get a full picture of what normally bonds would look like, people would right. buy bonds in the capacity of a hundred thousand with right. the thirty with the 30%. Now you, now you got 30,000 and you didn't do nothing for right. 10 years. So there's that. Um, the two last ones that I want to touch on and spend just a little time on also are 401ks and life insurance. Um, I'll start with life insurance. More and more, People or friends of mine that I'm talking to, I find that don't have oh, life yeah. don't yeah. have life insurance, and it's 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 pretty frightening because this is one of the main invest and people don't consider it an investment, but it really is. Um, in the sense that what a life insurance does for you, um, it provides you security. Exactly. In the event of again any unforeseeable. You know, you lost you lost your job, deaths, um, dismemberments. I guess one thing, I mean, one thing I have to say about life, short, life insurance is, well, we all know that for certain, we won't be here forever. Mm-hmm. And we know that we will leave people behind. Right. So if a person to not have. It's irresponsible. It's irresponsible. It, That's it, the one thing yeah. that we know for certain. Yeah. That will happen. Correct. And to not have it it's irresponsible right because what happens is to your point Carl and it's an excellent point you die God forbid who's gonna bury you right Right. your family your your wife or your kids gonna come up with five eight ten grand to put you in a hole you know that's that's some you know you can't you can't be a man if you're not preparing your family for the worst and the best right this is what you should do Life insurance does not take up much of your check. You can put down $5 or $10 a month on a $50,000, $70,000 policy that would at least grant your family some piece or type of relief exactly. in the event that you pass. Yeah. Um, and the younger you do it, the better, the better, right? So when you start at 20, you, you're not paying that much by the time you're my age at 35, right? right? I started five years ago like an idiot, but I started. Mm-hmm. 
So I pay a little bit more to catch up for all the years that I wasn't doing it. Right. Granted, I my life changed and I just have a family in the past five years. Exactly. So that would kick me in the butt to make me, you know, start that. Um, and it's the ratio, I believe, is like if you're my age, which again, 35 in a month, Jesus. Um, or Carl age, which he's a lot younger than me. You better not say much. <laughs> <laughs> you should have, uh, you should have around a million dollar life policy. Right. And people, oh, that's a million dollars. That's a lot. And I only pay, I don't pay more than, man, it can't be more than $50 mm-hmm. a month. Right. Or, or, or per each check. Yeah. Can everyone afford that? No. I think I, I think I know I pay I pay fifty a month. Yeah, I pay fifty a month. It's not that much. Um, yeah. and keep in mind you're paying this fifty dollars for a lifetime security for you and your family. You, sometimes you can even take some of that money out that you've accrued and use it as a down payment for your your home. Right. You could use that to um be a down payment for your kids' education if they go to college. There's a ton of things you can use it for. Mm-hmm. And so not only do you, should you have a life policy for yourself, but if you have a girl, you're living with her and you have kids, that should cover every, everything. Um, and as I get older and as my income grows, I definitely will bump it up. Mm-hmm. The goal is to have at least $10 million in life insurance coverage right. by, you know, my target year when I get old so I'm at a million now let's hope like you know I can keep pushing that Mm because you know not only do I not want the burden of funeral costs to be something I do want again as we spoke about labor of love like I if I don't get to pass everything to them at least they have that right and what is crazy is um a lot of times your your life insurance may provide more income than your investments. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you got maybe you started later in life and maybe you only have one property or one stock or one right. whatever. If your life insurance policy is five million mm-hmm. and you got one rental, which is which is bringing you more money. Right? right. So your life insurance in a lot of cases can actually be way more plentiful and bountiful and, and almost your biggest investment. Um, that you can make for yourself. Um, and it's scary that a lot of people just don't, don't, have, people it. don't have it. Don't have it at all. Um, this is something you can, you don't have to get through your job. You can get independent. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find out there's different types of life insurance, different packages that, right. that suit and meet your needs. Um, I can't stress enough how important getting life insurance is. And I, I don't care how old you are. If you're 10, get mm-hmm. damn life insurance, right? Um, or if you're 68 and you're exactly. alone, get life insurance. Please. Uh, please. Because we know. <laughs> we know you ain't got a lot. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, but yeah, yeah um, definitely. And the last one, uh, which is just as important as, for, as your life insurance, is your 401k. Now, 401k is in the same vein as life insurance as that you can get this independently. It does not have to be through your job. However, if it is through your job, then you're really just losing because that is essentially getting free money. 
What I mean by that, so most 401k policies from your job offer a matching uh, system. And the reason they do that is to then entice people to go with this program. Mm -hmm. um, what, what you do need to know about 401ks, 401ks are essentially a mutual fund. And it's these, so your company will get pool money together from all the employees and hand it to this financial institution. They in turn use this money and buy shares of stuff with it. Yeah. Right? They use the money more or less. Let's just say that. And as they use your money, your money then collects, uh, it's, it's sometimes tied to the market so you can appreciate. Sometimes it can go down mm -hmm. based on market activity. Um, so you can say now, well, why would I do that? Why would I risk losing? So you wouldn't necessarily risk losing as much as you would gain. And here's why. So if you put $200 in this 401k for yourself, like by yourself, and then the market went down, then yeah, you would lose money. But if you, if your company says they're going to match you dollar for dollar, and then you put in 200 and you get a 200 and the market goes down. Say it goes down the equivalent of $50. Mm -hmm. You only lost $50 and mm -hmm. gained $200. You see right. what I'm saying? Is that math right? So if I, okay, no, you gained 150. I'm sorry. Right. So again, we'll use Carl is uh, Carl's Corporation of awesomeness right right and i work for carl's corporation of awesomeness and carl says awesome i will match you up to five percent of your income dollar for dollar if you invest in this 401k mm -hmm. i said great so i put eighty dollars a month in this 401k and then carl matches me dollar for dollar so that's uh, so if i put in no 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 let's do this i put in 200 per month and carl's gonna match me dollar for dollar so he's gonna give me two hundred dollars every month for for nothing right no that's a lot of money that's a lot of money mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying i mean even if you threw in a hundred dollars to get matched a hundred percent dollar for dollar right. on what you're putting in right is extremely good yeah. i mean and you, you can, cannot beat that you can't beat that and but like so a lot of time and let's just use a quick word there was a time where i was only putting in um I think it was I think it was eighty dollars a check, so it was like mm -hmm. one sixty. So I got matched one sixty a month from my job, mm -hmm. and then turned. So that's like three hundred twenty dollars a month. Right. A year goes by, and you check the account, and you damn near got four grand in there. Mm -hmm. You're like, wow. Right. I'm no. I'm <laughs> You're like, wow. Now imagine two years, three years, four years, five years, and that you can add more to that amount. You, you can, can add, add less. So even if they, if even if the company met, if if they say they match, say they match you at five percent, you can put ten percent in and still get the match. Correct. You know what I mean? Correct. And you just accumulating wealth month by month, right? By month and it, right. you know, and it grows. And I'm the only reason I'm saying that because I've done it before. Right. So and um. It's one of the easiest ways to get your down payment for your house. Right. And you can use it for down payment. And you specifically you can, use it, can use it for down payment. Um, So say you're at a job and you're working there two, three years. Mm -hmm. You look at your 401k and you're boom and you got five, six grand on there. Don't take all of it. Take three. Take what, only what you need. Take three. <laughs> 
and you can use it as the down payment. Without or there's also it, options where, payment. yeah, you can you can borrow the money against yourself. So you can say, I want to borrow two grand out of my 401k, mm-hmm. and you can repay that 2k back from paycheck on right. top of your contributions. Um, there's a lot of beautiful uses. You can use also use it for a down payment on your again your kids. Uh, schoolwork or education, um, and just just bountiful benefit. That that's one of the biggest security pieces there too. Because chances are you're going to be working at your job two, three, four, five years. Hopefully, granted, mm-hmm. you know, um, and that's if you're you know, it, you know, hopefully nothing to your industry goes bad, especially mm-hmm. in this climate. But um, perfect way to because you're throwing in that money. And you don't even worry about it. You're, so, not, you're not even seeing it, right? right? So, like, I, I would ask, so do you, for a person that's, like, just getting started and thinking about investing, mm-hmm. and they do find out their company offers a 401k, mm-hmm. would you say that's the best way for a, a person to start? Investing? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because it's, it's all you would have to do is, you know, you're going to go through your company's whatever portal website, mm-hmm. put in how much you want to contribute, you can do the math and see, okay, if I put in 3%, how much of that is coming out of my check? You know, you can do the math yeah. and figure that out, right? Um, or even if not, Google, ask, raise your hand, do something. If you don't know 3% of your income and how much that is, right. we need to have a different conversation. Right, exactly. Other than that, you're going to sign up, you go through the, you click a few buttons, and boom, you're done, mm-hmm. right? And then you, what I've done is I download the app that where my 401k goes to, so I can check it every time I get paid, see mm-hmm. how much it goes up to. Um, and then where it stands in the market and stuff right. like that. Um, but yeah, you, you should be doing that immediately. Like, right. immediately. Um, I think I told you the story one time, Carl, where there's a young woman I know who mm-hmm. worked at her job for 10 years and didn't know that her company matched her 401k. And I did the math for her, and she lost out on 50000 It's devastating. $50,000. Now, granted, this young lady did not make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. But the fact that her company matched her dollar for dollar and she was there for 10 years, that's $50,000 that this girl did not, you know, she right. she didn't have to put it. She didn't have to go into overtime. Exactly. She didn't have to do anything but actually do her regular job, mm-hmm. which is what your 401k allows you to do. You exactly. do your regular job. Go to work. You go to work. Get paid. Get just paid. Put some- <laughs> And that's it. Right. Like you, 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 you. And I think, yeah. I think, I think a four hundred one k is good for a person that's not disciplined to save money. Mm. But you know, if a, if if a, you know, if a person has that itch to spend money, then mm. well, before you even get your check, mm. we gonna take this amount out, right? And then we are gonna put it to work for you, right? So, yeah, I, you know, I love, I like four hundred one ks. I know pe- some people preach against it, but. Why, Just because why would had, that be? Oh, well, because I can't take my money out. If I get a penalty, if, if I ask, you know, to take $1,000, then it's a penalty. But, I mean, I mean what's the you, penalty for not doing it? Well, see, the, if you're going to, the penalty is only 10%. Mm-hmm. And that, but I, but that, <laughs> that does scare people. That Not scare people away. $10 but out of your 1000 you're going to cry about that. Right. You're going to cry about that. I'm not crying. I'm just saying, saying, like, right. again, the type of investor you are. Like I said, if you're going to cry about 10% of your money being a penalty, right, mm-hmm. don't bother yourself and waste your time investing. Right. Because part of investing is being able to let go of this money and let it be useful in another right. way 
that you are not going to want to take it back. Exactly. All investments come with a, a certain degree of risk. Mm-hmm. Risk is an element of investing. And anyone who tells you things are zero risk, no risk at all, don't waste your time in, in doing right. it. Some of the best investments have the highest risk. Mm-hmm. That's just the way the game goes. And how you deal with risk is by mitigating it. Mm-hmm. And there's tons of ways to do it. And what I mean by mitigate it, it I mean find ways to control the risk. You know, for example, you're a good example. If I go to Carl, I say, Carl, I want to buy this property. Me and Carl go through, he helps me, we get the property, right. we're all good. Now I need renters now, right? Now, during that time between me buying the house and then getting the renters, I need to pay this mortgage, mm-hmm. right? It could take weeks, it could take months for me to find a, a, a renter, which then if I didn't have the money to pay the mortgage, because I still got my own house or, or wherever I live, right. I still got to pay this mortgage. And if I'm not prepared to pay this mortgage, now I'm already starting out the gate with this property in the hole. In, right. Right? Loss. So the risk here in this scenario is what we call vacancy risk. Correct. Which is the risk of not having tenants to cover your mortgage. Right? Mm-hmm. So what you could do, as, as I mentioned, if I got six grand in my 401k, you take three out and go to Carl's, or I'll take five out maybe. And go to car with three. Here, I want to buy this property. Here's my three. Mm-hmm. Here's my three K. Take the other two thousand and put it in a bank somewhere, and have that sit as an emergency vacancy fund. So, in the case that it takes Carl another month, maybe two, to find a renter, you can take some of that stored money from your match four one K and pay that mortgage. Right. So you don't have to go to your own pockets and pay that. Mm-hmm. That's a way to mitigate risk. Um, and there's with each type of investment, there's special ways to do that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, most definitely. Okay, I'm sorry, I was just making sure this thing was still recording. Did you uh, have any other final thoughts or any qu- or questions about anything we right, Well, on? I mean, I think. You know, the, the final thought is um, for a per if you know, it's it's crucial for a person if they haven't already started um, and they're young is to to start doing their research and plan to do it as soon as possible. Um, all in all, you know, with investing, this is a way for you to, you know, not have to trade time um, for your money. It's just a way. It's just another. Just a way uh, for freedom. Just to be free. Um, mm-hmm. So you can build, plan, save for your family, pass down some of your investments, pass down real estate, have something set for aside for the next generations that's coming up for you. Um, yeah, I mean, I think with the with this episode, we just kind of, you know, let people know how crucial it is to begin the process if they haven't started yet. And the last thing I'll say about that to piggyback off what you said, is get out the mindset of working just to work. Right. You don't work just to pay bills. If you are working just to pay your cell phone bill in your car, you're losing, right? You're losing big time. The purpose of you working 
is to build these types of securities and, and, and pathways to freedom for yourself so you don't have to work the whole time. Exactly. You, you know, the purpose of life is not to work the whole time. Right? I, don't wanna, like, I don't wanna be on the, uh, yeah. the sixty-five, right. the, the sixty-five age plan. Yeah, like no, like I had I talked to a friend the other day, and he was like, "I'm gonna be working thirty more years," and I was like, "Why? Why would you look forward why to do, doing why, that? Why do you want to do that? Right? No, I don't want to do that. <laughs> no, I, I don't, don't want to be no. on the sixty-year plan. No, 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 no. Um, do some people have to do that? Sure, yes, and and is that no disrespect to anyone who right. has to do that? Right. But that is not the goal right that's not the plan right so these instruments securities and, and investment in in essence allows you a way to circumvent that it mm -hmm. allows you a way to not work right so you you can't do it anymore right you know and you and and also you don't have to hit the lotto it's you not a yeah. lotto move these are some easy low-cost mm -hmm. monies for you to, um not easy not low-cost money low-cost ways mm -hmm. For you to get started on it, right? So you don't have to have the mindset of man, I, if if I can just hit a hundred grand, then I can get started. You right. don't have to do that. It's gonna take. Is it gonna take work? Yes. Right. Is it gonna take a lot of labor? Yes. Is it gonna be hard? Yes. It's gonna be all the Mentally terrible things. Everything. Yeah. It's gonna be draining. It's right. gonna be exhausting. You're gonna but freak it's worth out. It at the end. If this is the best thing you can do for me, it's like preventative mm -hmm. maintenance, right? right? It's the reason why you go to the dentist two times a year, right? Mm -hmm. If you don't go, your mouth falls out your face. Right. <laughs> right? Right. Exactly. Exactly. So um, if you don't want your mouth to fall out your face, it's good to, for you to start investing. Right. Right. If you don't want the bottom to fall out in life, then you might <laughs> right. want to start. No. Right. But yeah, yeah. yeah you know, all fun aside. Um, yeah, man. I, I like it. I like it. All right, guys. So thanks for joining us today for this episode. I hope, we'll, hope it was resourceful and helpful for you on your financial journey. Um, and we'll catch you next time.